one constant through all the years, Ray, has been beyond the game. Beyond the game. Beyond the game. The most well-known, the best-looking, the best-dressed. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You like that? You like that? That is helping nothing. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. You guys are so young and stupid. No idea who you're talking about. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. We would be honored if you would join us. Recording in the BTG Studios in Rochester, New York. It's Beyond the Game. Now here's your host, Benson, and those guys. Welcome to Beyond the Game. We're honored you've chosen to be with us. It'll be our intention over these next moments that we're together to not simply glorify sports, but instead use sports to glorify God. I'm Rick Benson, and there are those guys. Zach Barletta produces our program, and well, and Darren Metzger's here. We found him outside the studio with his nose pressed up against the glass, you know, like little Ralphie in a Christmas story taking in the window display at Higby's <laughs> department store. So we invited him in, and, well, he's been showing up ever since, which is why, ladies and gentlemen, never feed a stray animal. <laughs> Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com, or you can give them a call at 585-426-5024. Town and Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. You can interact with our program on Twitter, at BTG Program, or by visiting our website, btgprogram.com. Am I the only one, or does it seem that the biggest news this week in the NFL has been the handshake status between Philadelphia's head coach Chip Kelly and former Eagle running back LaShawn McCoy, now with the Bills? And it's bothering me. Who cares? Exactly. The Bills do visit the Eagles on Sunday, but no, there's got to be other things going on. Chip Kelly admitted this week that he didn't handle the trade well, and good for him to admit it. Uh, however, McCoy, McCoy's response has been a little... He's a little angry. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. Kelly has said that his hand is available if McCoy decides to shake it. McCoy told reporters, listen, man, Chip can't shake uh, blank... <laughs> at all nothing so he, he's obviously got a little little angry a little bit doesn't yeah. sound like too much though the bills are in a playoff hunt they're, they're in the still thick in of it. the wild card still the eagles it. are in a three-way tie in a very tightly contested dumpster fire competitive nfc east <laughs> yeah. both these teams really need this game it's yeah. a big game that's that, why i'm surprised that, that the, the handshake there's so much I'm, more to talk about. I'm afraid that the Bills are getting too emotional over this, especially LaShawn McCoy, and they're going to go out and commit a whole bunch of penalties and, and shoot themselves in the foot again. Can't, I, you could see McCoy you know, breaking off a big run and then getting flagged at the end for excessive celebration or something. Yeah. Like you know, you just It just has that feel of one of those undisciplined yeah. kind of games. He's not the most disciplined team in the NFL, and it's scaring me how emotional this whole thing is getting over a stupid handshake. And it's the Bills, so we're all waiting for them to blow their playoff chances, and this could be it. New York Knicks rookie Kristaps Porzingis Love him. has signed his third endorsement deal this week. He will now represent Schiffman Mattress, oh, yeah, a sports that. drink called Body Armor. I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, and totally heard of that, too. Delta Airlines. Porzingo, you might remember, was booed by Knicks fans when his name was announced. That's at, every at the player draft. drafted by the Knicks, though. But he's only played 23 games, counting that horrific loss the other night in Utah. 23 games. The Knicks are 10 and 13. 
Admittedly, he's played well. He's played very well. But he's gone from a guy nobody wanted to multiple endorsement deals in 23 games. Is it a bit soon. Does anybody remember Linsanity? I was just going to say, yeah. <laughs> How many Linsanity. games was that? Prazinga says that all of his early endorsement deals come out of necessity. Let me describe necessity to you. Delta, because of the numerous flights his family needed from Latvia. Okay. I get all right. It. Schiffman, after it promised the seven-foot-three Latvian an athletic king mattress. Prazinga has had sleeping problems because of his size for the last five years. Okay. I, I buy hope, it. I hope he's getting paid more than just the king mattress. <laughs> hey, have you ever a king-size mattress is awesome. But if you sign an endorsement deal because you needed a mattress. <laughs> the Knicks aren't paying him very much, apparently. Body armor. Again, we're talking about necessity. Body armor he signs simply because he likes it. I saw other players drinking it, he says, and so I bought it in the store and really liked it. Um, Sounds like you really needed that. That was a necessity. Now they'll pay him to drink it. That's a win-win. The drink is also endorsed by James Harden, more than 23 games, Clay Thompson, more than 23 games, and of which Kobe Bryant is an equity partner, more than 23 games. A lot more. I don't know. If Kobe's drinking that right now, I might not want to be drinking it. <laughs> the, NBA, the NBA reports that in the last month, his jersey is the sixth most popular on NBAstore.com and on Fanatics, surpassed only. Here's the only jerseys that are outselling him. Curry. Okay. Bryant. All right. LeBron. Makes sense. Durant. Mm-hmm. And Michael Jordan. MJ still up there, man. <laughs> MJ is still kicking Michael butt. Michael Jordan. He's still winning. That's all that guy does. By the way, all played more than 23 games. Uh, you know, as a Knicks fan, though, I am pretty excited about Kristaps Porzingis. He's playing well. But more again, excited about him than I am It's Mello. a very small sample size, and the team is 10-13. and 13. One more statistic year. on Porzingis. Hour and a half appearances around the time of the draft, you could get him to come and be at your mattress store for about three thousand dollars. That's pretty. Pretty cheap. That was around the draft. That has gone over ten thousand oh. dollars now. So now it's a little more expensive. Twenty three games. Imagine what it'll be after a full season. <laughs> Imagine what it'll be at the All Star break. Coming up later on the program, we'll be talking about a insightful Buffalo News article about Bills defensive lineman Marcel Darius. Michael Johnstone, missionary to Kosovo and part of a ministry called Global Baseball, will join us once again. We'll feature some local Rochester area high school basketball when our good friend J.J. Garwood joins the program from North Star Christian Academy. Plus, Zach has some useless information. I'll tell you what's frosting my fanny. And, of course, we'll all give you our pests of the week, all coming up this week on Beyond the Game. Hey, let me ask you, are you still seeing those pesky stink bugs around your home? Though the weather has been a little milder than normal, if you're still seeing them, it may mean that they found a home with you. Listen, call Town & Country Pest Solutions today, and they will take care of the problem. And they'll do it quickly, professionally, and affordably. Seeing too many spiders around the house? Call Town & Country. Other creepy, crawly things move in out of the weather? Call Town & Country. Larger noises coming from the attic, walls, or basement? Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 426-5024. That's 426-5024. And when an emergency rodent or animal control situation finds you, Town & Country is ready to handle whatever pest problem you may have. 
Remember, Town & Country fears nothing but God. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions at 426-5024 or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. G&T Co-Ed Volleyball is registering for its 2016 season. G&T has both a rec division for those who enjoy the game but whose skill level may not be as advanced, and also a power league division for more skilled players. Tryouts are required for the power league division. Games are played on Monday evenings at North Star Christian Academy in Gates. The season begins January 11th. Registration continues through mid-December or until the league is full, so act soon. There is a minimum age requirement of 16 or 14 if playing together with family members. G&T does encourage families to participate in its rec division. For more information or to register, visit gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info. Have you been hearing some strange noises up in the attic or in other parts of your house? Well, it's that time of year again. Mice, squirrels, and other critters are making their way into your homes to escape the cold weather. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today and they will take care of the problem. They'll do it quickly, professionally, and affordably. Town & Country is also equipped to handle bed bug problems. Early detection is key, so if you suspect a potential problem, call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 426-5024. That's 426-5024. Town & Country's initial treatment success rate and their guarantee are well above industry average. And when an emergency rodent or animal control situation finds you, Town & Country is ready to handle whatever pest problem you may have. Remember, Town & Country fears nothing but God. So call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 426-5024 or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Welcome back to Beyond the Game. Benson, those guys, and baby sitting in the corner. <laughs> We're slowly getting fully decorated around my house for Christmas. I had the outside of the house done for a while. We did the tree while my daughter was home from college over Thanksgiving. And my wife has been working on the knickknack stuff, the villages, and, you know, all that fotchkey stuff. Which reminds me, I have... I have maybe one or two favorite, Chris, uh, not Christmas, just coffee mugs. I have one or two favorite mugs. But because it's Christmas, my wife has taken them all away. All of them. <laughs> I can't use them. The only mugs in the house now are these stupid Christmas mugs with weird shapes and, and handles on them. And I have like one that I kind of half like. It's kind of like this nice country Victorian Christmas scene on it. But it's tiny. It's like half a cup of coffee. It's like this little mini thing. The struggle is real. It, it is. But you know what really frosts my fanny about Christmas decorations? You know what frosts my fanny? You watch your language. Did that totally frost your fanny? Get off my lawn. And that'll frost your fanny. If your life had a face, I would punch it. That really frosts my fanny. Easy, compadre. Did I just frost your fanny? As a matter of fact, you did. I have these light nets. You know, just to kind of, it's a lazy guy's way of putting lights on bushes. You just sort of drape them over. Yeah. Well, not on one net, but on two. Two. The middle section of the net is dark. How is that even possible? The plug end works. The extension end works. But not the middle. What sense does it make to have a section of the lights go out due to one 
stupid bulb. <laughs> how do you, how do you even find that bulb? That's how they make more money. I've looked and looked for whatever bulb was out or or a missing bulb. How there are fifty lights out on the net. How do I know which one is the bad bulb? <laughs> I will say it looks kind of bad as I pulled up to your house the other day. How can it be that lights in two sections work, but fifty some in the middle don't? <laughs> I bought them two years ago. It wasn't all that long ago. I mean, we put men on the moon, allegedly, <laughs> 40 years ago. The technology doesn't exist to run, to, to bypass a blown bulb on a light string. J.J. <laughs> Garwood is the head boys basketball coach at North Star Christian Academy. He joins us now on the BTG studio line. J.J., welcome in. We're so glad you could join us. Hey, Rick. I'm glad I can join your show. I'm a big fan and, uh, of course, uh, a good friend of yours, and I'm just uh, happy to be here. <laughs> I wasn't certain how thick you were going to lay it on there with that big fan talk. Uh, I was pretty sure the only fans we had were our moms. <laughs> it seems like it's been a while now. How long have you been the head coach at North Star? This is my 10th year of coaching at North Star. started in 2006. Um, so I did a couple of years JV before that, but this will be my 10th year as the varsity coach. NCA has been focused on building a program here in recent years, as opposed to simply fielding a high school basketball team. And there seems to be a bit of a buzz this year that the fruit of building that program is starting to be seen. Can you sort of preview this year's varsity team for us and share some of your expectations for the North Star Knights? Yeah, we have two re- uh, returning starters from this year's team. Uh, from last year's team, I'm sorry, and also several returning players, including a uh, 6'6 uh, player. Uh, we also have uh, Matthew Medeiros, who played on JV last year and averaged over 20 a game. So we have a lot of talent. We're very deep. And, uh, you know, there is a bit of a buzz both around NCA and also uh, locally. I know we've had, had some uh, anonymous calls into Section 5, and uh, as a result of that, we got bumped up to Class C this year. We're Class D last year, but, you know, that's okay because I think we can be competitive in that class, and, uh, you know, I like the, the challenge and the competition. Of course, you're not going to want to give other teams bulletin board material. I understand that, but let me ask you this question anyway. How good can your team be playing up a class? Will you be able to compete for states? You know, I think we'll be very competitive in Class C um, for Section 5, and I'm really not too familiar with what's out there beyond, uh, you know, uh, the Rochester area with Class C. But I know we can be competitive in our class, and I've told our guys that this may be one of my most talented uh, teams individually, um, but that's only potential. And, you know, if we didn't reach our potential, that would be kind of disappointing because, um, you know, obviously to have a lot of individual talent is wonderful, but if it's not one of my best teams, um, then I would feel that I let the team down and uh, we didn't reach our potential. Of late, there's been increased criticism of private schools participating in the same playoff tournament as the public schools who are restricted to using only players within the boundaries of their school district. And of course, another football title for Aquinas isn't going to silence the critics of private schools. But while you're able to draw players from any school district, North Star certainly isn't the focus of the scrutiny, as is the larger private schools. Do you think it's fair for private schools to play in postseasons with the public schools? I do, uh, so long as they're in their appropriate class. Like I said, uh, last year we were Class D, and we got uh, bumped up to Class C, which, again, I think that uh, we can compete there, so I don't have a problem with that. And, uh, you know, I think allowing the, the 
privates to compete in the postseason is uh, the, it makes it better because there's uh, the best teams in there, both public and private. And also, um, they actually changed this rule a little bit, where if a student wants to go to North Star and he transfers in, they have to live in the Gates Chile district. And for instance, if a, a student wanted to go to Aquinas to play a sport, um, they would actually have to live in the school district that Aquinas is located in, which is the city. So, um, you know, just to kind of address some of the inequities that have people think there are, they have uh, changed the transfer rules slightly, which kind of uh, restricts some of the transfers that have been going on uh, this, this school year. I'm not asking uh, for any examples or details, even if you, if you know them, but do you think there's sufficient reason to be concerned that perhaps some schools may unfairly recruit athletes? You know, I wouldn't be shocked if it happens. Um, certainly, uh, you know, coaches want to be competitive. They want to win. And, uh, you know, if coaches recruited players, uh, again, it wouldn't be shocking. Um, but I do think that um, programs kind of do the recruiting for themselves and school do, schools do the recruiting for themselves. And what I mean by that is, uh, I think personally, North Star is a terrific school to attend, and uh, that's very attractive for families. Um, I don't think people are going to come to North Star for you know uh, small time uh, basketball. I think they're going to go there because it's a great school and that's attractive. Or uh, you know, one of the private schools if they have a really strong football program, I think that's attractive to families. Whereas I don't think the coaches are going out actively recruiting. I just think uh, you know those programs that some of the private schools may offer may just uh, do the recruiting for themselves, so to speak. We're talking with J.J. Garwood, the head boys basketball coach at North Star Christian Academy. J.J., you enjoyed a very productive career as a player at Roberts Wesleyan College. Do you get a chance to get back for many games? You know, I've only been back uh, a couple times. You know, my coaching, family, ministry schedule keeps me quite busy in the winter, so it doesn't uh, allow me many free nights. Um, but, uh, you know, there's very good things going on at Roberts Wesleyan and, uh, you know, they recently moved to division two, which is exciting for them. Um, so unfortunately I don't get out there as much as I would like to. Both the Roberts men's and women's basketball teams for the second year in a row won the Wendy's classic tournament. Unfortunately though, this year will be the last one. Are you disappointed by that? And do you have any special memories from that tournament as a player? You know, I am disappointed with that because uh, the chase it was the chase tournament back when I played. And, uh, you know, my senior year we made the finals, but we lost. But it is a great tournament because uh, Roberts Wesleyan doesn't normally play a lot of the local schools like SUNY Geneseo, RIT, St. John Fisher on a regular basis. And it's uh, a great opportunity for uh, Roberts Wesleyan to play some of the, the local colleges, and, uh, you know, when I was involved there, a lot of my friends that I played against in high school went to some of these local colleges, so it was good to uh, see them, uh, you know, myself on the Roberts team, and, you know, they would be on the St. John Fisher or the U of R team, so it was good to see them and uh, just to kind of catch up, so it is uh, disappointing that uh, that tournament is no longer uh, going to be going on. As somebody who's both an educator and a coach, what do you think is the biggest obstacle in keeping today's student-athletes focused on both their athletics and their academics? Well, I think there's just so many distractions, uh, you know, with social media and just with uh, other things going on in uh, these student-athletes' lives where, you know, it's uh, hard for them to focus. And quite honestly, I think there's too much emphasis put on, you know, the championship or bust culture in 
sports today. Um, you know, we've had some good teams over the years at North Star. Uh, one year we went to the state finals. But some of my best memories from coaching involved the relationships that I built with my players. Um, you know, I really enjoy keeping in touch with them after they graduate from high school. Um, I've gotten invited to several of uh, my former players' weddings or, you know, we've gotten together over the years and uh, players always come back to the games. And those are really special memories for me, you know, just the relation, the long-term relationships that are built, not just, you know, all about winning games or hanging banners in the gym. Uh, you know, and unfortunately, I think there's probably too much focus uh, on uh, that in um, the sports today. You mentioned earlier the reputation of a school doing its recruiting for them. And, of course, both my kids graduated from North Star, as did my wife. But in your words, why should a parent consider North Star as an option for their son or daughter, especially if that child has an interest in athletics? Well, I think uh, North Star really sets itself apart where it's a very Bible-based, Christ-centered education for its students. And uh, that's a very unique um, emphasis that uh, a school would have in this area. And uh, just last week in basketball practice, um, I just sat my guys down for uh, 20 minutes or so and didn't even talk about basketball. We were talking about some spiritual matters. We had one of our seniors have a season-ending season injury. He tore his ACL. Um, so I just used that opportunity as a teachable moment just to um, share with my guys, you know what, there's been points in my life where uh, something happened. I couldn't really quite understand why it would happen, uh, but I trusted God. And uh, even though I didn't totally understand, I trusted, and it just increased my faith. And over time, I could look back and see, uh, you know, God's hand on the situation. And I just tried to apply that to this uh, situation in this young man's life and just tried to use it as a teachable moment for my my uh, my players. And uh, so, I, you know, I'm not sure. I'm sure other coaches do something like that in their practices where a teachable moment comes up. But uh, that's the type of thing that I think about when I think North Star and uh, just, you know, everything we do, whether it's playing basketball, you're in Bible class, you're in science, we try to uh, just put a total emphasis on Christ as being the center of everything. Would you mind sharing your testimony with us? How did you first become a believer in Christ? Well, I grew up in a, a Christian home, very conservative home, and uh, but as a kid, I didn't really have a personal faith. Um, you know, I knew right and wrong, I knew the gospel, but I never made it my own. And as a result, I went to college and, uh, um, you know, I had a season in my life where I made some poor choices. But then it was only going uh, back to church and getting involved uh, in uh, Bible study and being under the preaching of God's Word that it uh, pierced my heart in a very powerful way. And on July 29th, 1998, I had my own personal salvation experience and accepted Christ as Savior. Mm. Is there anything we can pray for you about? Yeah, um, just uh, that I would have discernment and wisdom and, um, you know, being a coach for my players, not only X's and O's with basketball, but more importantly, just uh, teaching them uh, life lessons and how to live for Christ. And um, also, I uh, am the campus pastor at North Star, and I am um, preparing to take a group of seniors to the Dominican Republic um, on a missions trip in March, and I would really covet your prayers for that as I plan uh, for that uh, that trip. Well, you already know how special a place the Dominican Republic is to me, and you and your family have a place already on my prayer list, so this is a no-brainer. JJ, I want to thank you for coming on with us. I want to wish you all the best in the season ahead. All right. Thanks a lot, Rick. Take care. That is one of my very good friends, 
and a colleague in the ministry, J.J. Garwood. He's the head basketball coach for the boys at North Star Christian Academy. We're going to step away. You're listening to Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows, and for exterior and interior remodels, no one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. G&T Co-Ed Volleyball is registering for its 2016 season. G&T has both a rec division for those who enjoy the game but whose skill level may not be as advanced, and also a power league division for more skilled players. Tryouts are required for the power league division. Games are played on Monday evenings at North Star Christian Academy in Gates. The season begins January 11th. Registration continues through mid-December or until the league is full, so act soon. There is a minimum age requirement of 16 or 14 if playing together with family members. G&T does encourage families to participate in its rec division. For more information or to register, visit gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info. Welcome back to Beyond the Game. I'm Rick Benson. I'm so glad you could be with us. With me, as always, is producer extraordinaire Zach Barletta. And joining us this week is Darren Mesker, the unreasonable one. It was an interesting story in the Buffalo News recently written by Tyler Dunn. The story was on Marcel Darius, a six foot three, 325-pound defensive lineman of the Buffalo Bills. Dunn wrote that because of his behemoth size, his appearance, you would think that Darius, uh, he seems to be immune to pain, whether that be physical or whether that be emotional. And of course, we know that's not true. The article provides insight into some of the personal struggles and tragedies that Darius has had to endure in his 26 years. He says if you were to begin a question with everybody close to you, Darius would finish by saying falls off. Everybody close to you falls off. While Darius displays a joyful personality, he seems at ease with life as a member of the Buffalo Bills. There is a distressing reality that many people who were close to him have passed away. His mother, his father, his grandparents, a trusted mentor, a number of friends. His brother Simeon had been shot and killed in a triple homicide over apparently a $40 bag of grass. He lost his father to cancer when he was just eight years old. Recently, he was late getting back to Buffalo after a few extra days off following that Bills Thursday night win over the Jets. He was visiting his uncle, who's in ICU in Alabama, Darius wanting to stay as long as he could, fully expecting that his uncle would be next on that list of loved ones to pass away. As a kid, he was laughed at for wearing the same clothes every day. The family often went hungry as his mother raised seven kids on $600 a month. This from a wheelchair for a number of years due to heart problems. Darius found football could be an escape from such a harsh reality. A high school assistant coach by the name of Scott Livingston took an interest in Darius and became a mentor to him, keeping him focused and moving in a positive direction, away from the crime and the drugs and 
the pitfalls that derail so many in a situation such as Marcel's. Darius credits Livingston with giving him the guidance which allowed him to get into the University of Alabama. And then another fell off. This coach, this friend, this mentor was now dead having fallen asleep while driving and crashing into a tree. As a result of such disappointment in life, Darius is dejected and depressed according to the article, despite the outward illusion. In fact, according to the article, Darius actually doesn't care for the perception others have for him. They only see a football player, a drug arrest, a mega contract perhaps. Nobody has a clue to Marcel Darius the person. He keeps teammates at a distance. He's unmarried, and while he has four kids, they're only ages one to four, and they're down south. He does speak to one of his brothers regularly, but says, I still don't have anywhere to turn. He adds that it puts me in an even more depressive state. What a lonely and difficult place to be. The outgoing persona of Marcel Darius hides pain and struggle within. He's quoted as saying of his teammates that nobody knows anything. Isn't that the case with everybody? We can never really truly know what that person next to us is going through. And yet so many of us make judgments or get upset with people without fully understanding all that may be going on in that person's life. James 1.19 reminds us, Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Much of our anger, much of our frustration is because we're so focused on ourselves. People are not doing or acting as we would have them to do. Real love is being focused on others, putting others before ourselves. Being swift to hear, willing to listen is a way for us to learn to be better focused on others, as is being slow to speak. Sometimes we just need to be quiet. We don't always need to offer our comment or our opinion. We can just listen and be sympathetic. Right there is the importance of being part of a small group. To give someone like Marcel Darius a place to turn, trusted people that love one another, who prioritize one another, and who will listen to one another, willing to not only laugh with one another, but also to hurt with one another. If you're not part of a small group in your church, I can't encourage you enough to be part of one. And if your church doesn't have small groups, then I can't encourage you enough to talk with your pastor about that. Near as I can think of, I'm not aware of any growing church which does not encourage small groups. In fact, the Sunday service should serve to support the happenings of the small groups as much as the small groups support the happenings of the Sunday service. It is harder to hide from ourselves when part of a small group. It is harder to hide from the accountability we have to one another when part of a small group. Jesus says in Matthew 18.20 that, For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. When Jesus began his public ministry, he gathered a small group together. He called twelve disciples to be his relational community. Did Jesus need them? Of course not. He's Jesus. He's God. But he saw the value and gave us an effective model for building relationships. He gathered a group with which he shared, which he loved, which he taught. And after his ascension into heaven, the disciples continued this community model. They loved and supported one another, and despite numerous persecutions, 
From this small group of believers sprang up other groups, which proclaimed the gospel and changed the world. Marcel Darius turned to football, and he's had he's excelled in the sport, but that has only hidden the pain that he has inside. He says in Dunn's article in the Buffalo News that once he's on the field with his teammates, he only involves himself in jovial, good conversations in order to keep the right frame of mind. You know, we live in an age which is fragmented, and we often resist being real with other people. But while we're more connected than ever before, we're at the same time more disconnected than ever before. Many of our connections with people are very shallow. They're superficial. We can stay in touch on social media, and we can see what one another is up to, but deep personal conversation is lacking. People seemingly have fewer genuine friends than ever before. We have these so-called surface friendships. People are frightened. People are threatened to allow themselves to be known or to get to know someone else at a deep level. Yet when we step out and we risk being authentic with a small group of people, we can experience God's grace coming through those other members of the group. It leads to freedom, greater spiritual growth, and healing for those who are hurting. Darius says, football has gotten me everything I had to this day. It made me the man I am. And here's the saddest thing that I think I read in the entire article. He says, it taught me things a man couldn't teach me because a man wasn't in my life. That comment alone speaks to the importance of having a father who is present for his children. That doesn't always work out. Unfortunately, in the case of Marcel Darius, that man was taken from him at a young age by cancer. But there are many other situations where the man makes the decision to be absent. The importance of men who will be quality husbands, fathers, and leaders is immeasurable. And the lack thereof is why America is ripping apart at the seams. Men, you must make yourselves available to your children. They need to know that they are a priority in your life, or they will look for, they'll look for the attention they need somewhere else. Both sons and daughters need your time. Boys will see their fathers as examples of what men should be, and they'll relate to their wives the same way you relate to your wife. Daughters seeing their fathers the type of man they will look to marry. It's increasingly difficult to leave work at the office. And in this age of cell phones and wireless connections, being available requires a focused attention to the things which are important to your children. Involvement with your children may require a sacrifice of your time. Coach Livingston was willing to sacrifice and invest himself in Marcel Darius, and though he too was taken too early, there's no telling how differently things could have turned out for Darius had he not made that sacrifice and taken that time. Marcel Darius says in the Buffalo News article that, that he's happy now, even if that underlying depression never goes away. He quote, he's quoted here, I'm really just hoping that things change. All my life, I've kept hope. Let me just say that hope is found at the cross. It's in Jesus Christ. One of Satan's most effective tools is isolating people, especially believers. He knows that being part of a small group can lead to a victorious spiritual life in Christ just as he knows that keeping Marcel Darius isolated from having a deep relationship with those around him keeps his hope in the wrong things. 
Jesus says in John 10.10, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Satan seeks to take life away, but Jesus gives life, and he gives it abundantly. Real hope, real love, real acceptance comes from placing one's trust in Jesus Christ, the one who gave his life on the cross to pay for your wrongs, your sins, the one who stands ready to receive you if only you'll call on him. Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Think about that, my friends. Will you trust in Jesus today? Pray to God and admit you are a sinner in need of forgiveness. Ask God to forgive you of your sins and then turn away from them, leaving them in the past. Start anew, knowing that Jesus not only paid your debt to sin at Calvary's cross, but he rose from the grave victorious over death. And by making that decision today, my friend, he gives you eternal life with him in heaven saving you from torment and hell, forever trying to pay for the debt of your sin. If you make that decision today, we'd love to hear about it. Please let us know via our website. We'd like to be able to pray for you. This is Beyond the Game. Have you been hearing some strange noises up in the attic or in other parts of your house? Well, it's that time of year again. Mice, squirrels, and other critters are making their way into your homes to escape the cold weather. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today and they will take care of the problem. They'll do it quickly, professionally, and affordably. Town & Country is also equipped to handle bed bug problems. Early detection is key, so if you suspect a potential problem, call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 426-5024. That's 426-5024. Town & Country's initial treatment success rate and their guarantee are well above industry average. And when an emergency rodent or animal control situation finds you, Town & Country is ready to handle whatever pest problem you may have. Remember, Town & Country fears nothing but God. So call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 426-5024 or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. You have a lot of useless information in your head. It's as useless as the Winter Olympics. You're useless, Ignacio. It's about as useless as a screen door on a submarine. Golden State Warriors star Steph Curry is having a historically great season, and he gives the credit to his toilet. That's right, after nine games, the first ten games of the season, his wife bought him a new automatic toilet, and he says, I bet if I did a case study on my performance since I got that toilet, you'd see the difference. I was in Minnesota when Aisha told me about it, and the next day I had 46 points. There's a reason for that. So I looked up the numbers, and sure enough, his points per game and assists per game have both increased dramatically since the toilet was purchased. So if you're looking for that extra edge to your game, try an automatic toilet. This sounds like a new endorsement deal for Kristaps Porzingis. <laughs> <laughs> it is my great pleasure now to welcome back to the program Michael Johnstone. Michael's a European director for Global Baseball, and welcome back to the show, my friend. So glad you could join us. Well, thanks for having me again. Your ministry teaches and promotes baseball in the country of Kosovo as a means to building relationships and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And for those who may not be familiar, how do you go about doing that? Can you take a few minutes just to share some of the, maybe a few of the many things your ministry's involved in? 
Well, I think we see the great benefit and value of relationship building uh, in sharing the gospel through just hanging out, having coffee, playing baseball, uh, teaching teaching young people who want to learn how to be coaches. That that over time we can just show the love of Jesus, and then uh, then hopefully be able to share the gospel message with them as many times as possible through our lives, and Lord willing, see them saved and, and make an impact in their own country for the Lord. When we last talked, you and your family was really just a couple of days away from getting on the plane and moving to Kosovo as missionaries, and I'm sure you were probably anxious to get going, but how long did it take to get the family settled, to get plugged into the community before you could begin really going about your ministry there? (laughs) Uh, I'll let you know when that time comes. Uh, (laughs) I'm not sure if there's any time in the first year that you're fully settled or ready. You know, the logistical issues of finding a home to live in and a car to drive and just kind of figuring how to get around and, and uh, just feeling comfortable here. I think that in the first few months, that was definitely something that we were kind of constantly working on and praying about. And we made it a little bit harder on ourselves because we, after five weeks in Kosovo, then we left to go to Vienna for five weeks to do a baseball, a series of baseball camps there. So, uh, so it was almost like we started over twice. You know, there's some people who think that, you know, you need to really feel really comfortable and get the language totally under your belt and everything before you can start doing any any ministry. Uh, and, and I think that there's great value in that. And we, going in, had hoped to not do too much uh, within the first six months to a year, simply because of uh, the amount of things that you need to do when you're transitioning into a new culture and, and get your family established in a, in a new country. But it turns out that, you know, there's been opportunities here in the country that where there's been other uh, local NGOs that work in sports and have, have seen the opportunity with baseball. So they've invited me in as kind of a guest instructor for, for some of their projects. And so uh, that has helped kind of get ourselves into ministry where it's the type of thing where we don't have to start anything or, or, or organize anything, but it's, you know, we just kind of show up and, and the kids are there and young adults are there. So. Uh, that, that's been helpful. I understand you took part in a convention for European baseball coaches and that 14 different countries were represented. I was surprised to hear that number. I wouldn't have expected baseball to be so widespread in Europe. How popular is the game there and how quickly is it growing? It's growing pretty quickly. Uh, I think it's uh, one of the fastest growing sports in Europe. Actually, I think the the country total might have been a little bit higher than what they even reported because uh, I know Kosovo wasn't in the numbers counted and uh, there's a couple others where there was only maybe one representative or, or something where it may have flown under the radar but uh, yeah, baseball is played in, in most of the major European countries uh, here in the Balkan region uh, it's just starting they're coming along and then there's some other countries that are that started to develop maybe in the early 80s Austria was one of those where I was playing for a while and, and so they're you know, they're kind of into the now the the second generation of coaches, maybe the third generation of players, and so it's you know they're improving, but but again needing to develop. And then there's there's a number of countries that are within you know where where the game has started uh, within the last decade or so, maybe maybe ten fifteen years. So it's growing, and, and there's lots of people that are really uh, really motivated to see the game improve and develop throughout Europe. I came away uh, from that convention just really pumped up uh, with some good ideas from from different countries that that have done what we're trying to do in one shape or another. So, We're joined on the BTG studio line by Michael Johnstone of Global Baseball and a missionary to Kosovo. You can follow him on Twitter at GBaseballEurope. 
At that convention, Mike, of baseball programs, which apparently is more than the 14 different European countries reported, where does Kosovo stand in relation to those other countries in terms of the sport's growth? Well, they're like in the political world, Kosovo is looking for inclusion uh, in the sports world as well. Kosovo's biggest challenge lately is, has been getting international recognition and some of the, the bigger sports federations have, have taken their time in, in recognizing Kosovo as a as an athletic uh, country, I guess. So uh, FIFA has just recognized them in the last year or so for conditional play and uh, FIBA for basketball has, has uh, accepted them quite a while ago and they've been um, playing basketball at a fairly high level. And uh, this this upcoming Olympics will be the first Olympics that Kosovo gets to participate in under their flag. So we're hoping that baseball can be part of that. And that's, that's where it's kind of unique for us where, where the entire athletic establishment is just kind of developing. I read somewhere on your website, kosovobaseball.org, that you're planning a new school-based project to introduce the game to even younger people. That sounds pretty exciting. Are you able to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, we're we're very much in the beginning stages of, of that. It all always been uh, a pretty important part of our vision, uh, but it was pretty vague and, and kind of undefined for for most of the time we were preparing to come to Kosovo. And we were just kind of trusting that, that the Lord would provide a vision and ideas at the right time. And the Canadians have actually done a really good job of developing baseball and they've, they've gone from being, you know, a non-baseball playing country for the most part to now being you know, one of the powerhouses and they really are doing, you know, they're beating, they're beating the Dominicans and the Americans in the, you know, the Pan Am games. And, you know, I think they've won gold the last two Pan Am games. So, uh, you know, the proof is in the pudding with that. I think they've done fairly well. And so they have some school-based programs, uh, that we're, we're gonna, we're working with them, uh, to hopefully blend them in kind of a unique way. Uh, cause obviously what, what works fully in Canada won't necessarily work in Kosovo and vice versa. So, uh, we're, we're still working on what that's going to look like, uh, but we're in the process of kind of developing the, the grant proposal and, and looking at a budget and seeing what it's going to take. Uh, the exciting thing about it is that right now Kosovo is working to rewrite their curriculum. Uh, I'm not sure if it's across the board or just for, for physical education, but, uh, so we kind of sit in a, in a position where we could get baseball included in the national curriculum, where if schools want to use baseball, then we can come in and train the teachers, uh, provide the, the written element of the curriculum, but then also uh, just the on-the-field experience. You know, I, I, ideally, I'd like to be able to, to launch it the next school year. Uh, in reality, you know, things sometimes move a little bit slower, so we might have to, you know, push that timeline out a little bit more, but... Um, but there's some great opportunities, and, and in that way, we can we can work in the schools, and, and we can uh, we can teach the game of baseball. We can build relationships with teachers and, and young people who like the game, and then uh, hopefully, I will be able to do more activities, you know, with weekend camps and week-long clinics during the summer, and things that could uh, really help develop the game across the board and, and around the country. Certainly, it would seem that more young people playing the game would equate to more opportunities for you and your team to interact with those folks and have an opportunity potentially to share the gospel with them. For sure. You reflected recently on your blog that it had been close to three years since first being introduced to the opportunity to work in Kosovo and also reflecting on some of the many ways God has provided during that time. 
You mentioned specifically the opportunity recently to take some players to Camp Bonsteel to play on a real field. Can you share a little bit about that experience and of the reaction of your players? Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we talk about how baseball is completely unknown in Kosovo. And, you know, that's all well and good when, you know, we're talking about knowledge of the game. Uh, but then when I think about the fact that there's only one baseball field in the entire country, and that's on the American-run ba- uh, military base, uh, then that kind of really cements the complete unknown nature of the game. And we've had the good fortune to, to be uh, in relationship with the current deployment here uh, at Camp Bonsfield. They're, uh, they're from North Carolina. And, uh, yeah, we got we got introduced to them by the previous deployment and just kind of passed on to them. And they uh, they got really excited about being able to, to work with an American to, to introduce the game of baseball, to just have kids, uh, local kids come onto the field. Uh, yeah, have these, uh, for, for about half of the kids, it was the first time that they had ever set foot on a, on a field. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, a lot of them had kind of played on makeshift fields, uh, just kind of out in a, a farmer's field or whatever and throwing down a couple, couple plastic bags or whatever, uh, you know, throw down baseball, uh, bases and, but the ability to go out there and, you know, the, the bases are already in, in the pegs and home plates, you know, just sitting there and, uh, you got the, the dirt contrasting with the, with the grass and, uh, and then you got these, these soldiers out there who are, who are there, you know, off duty and, and they're volunteering their time to come out and play and, and, you know, they're, they're doing some slow pitch softball and so they get out there and, and they're, they're hitting the ball around and, and, you know, we're taking ground balls and, and it's just a good time. And, and I think it gives the, the young people that are, that have really fallen in love with the idea of baseball. Now it gave, gave them a little bit more tangible, uh, experience of what baseball could be, uh, and the fun that it is. And, um, when you got people that, that have experience playing, you know, the, what can be done. Yeah. So I think they had a great time. Hmm. Uh, so there was, there was a lot of excitement, uh, generated from that event. So we were really thankful opportunity to uh, to get over to Camp Onsdale and play there. I know you're an L.A. Angels fan. Your team was riding the thick of it, finishing just three games out in the West last year and only one game out in the wild card. But since the end of the season, you picked up a talented shortstop from Atlanta, Angelton Simmons. What else would you like to see the Angels address in order to get back on top? Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's sad to see Ibar go because uh, you know, he's a fan favorite and everything else. But it is it is pretty cool to see uh, another great defensive baseball player and to see, you know, the, arguably one of the best defensive shortstops a couple of decades be out there uh, on the field with arguably uh, the best player in baseball right now with Mike Trout. I mean, it's, it's some exciting stuff. You know, there's so many things that have to happen for a season to go well, and I think the Angels have, uh, have all those pieces together. Uh, it's just, you know, last year they didn't start clicking until, until too late. Yeah, it'd just be nice to see the guys who are there uh, get healthy. I'd really like to see the the Angels really be able to develop their farm their farm system because right now they've traded away so much uh, that you know you look down into the future and you don't necessarily see the next big guy coming up. Uh, it'd be nice to see you know when you when you see the Astros doing what they're doing, the Royals doing what they're doing. They're doing it because the because of homegrown talent and uh, there's got to be a balance there. So I'd like to see the Angels be able to develop their homegrown talent a little bit more. Mike, you're a missionary. You've picked your family up. You've moved them to a foreign land in order to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And of course, our listeners can pray for you. But how do they go about helping you financially? 
our family is, is dependent on the faithful giving of individuals. You know, we, we see that the Lord provides for us, uh, but he, he always uses people, uh, in, in our case to, to get the finances to us. Uh, so we need people who are willing to, to prayerfully consider if God's calling them to support our ministry and, and be a part of our ministry that way. And, you know, we still do need probably about a uh, thousand to fifteen hundred in financial support for a lot of the ministry expenses. I mean, we, We've gotten what we needed for our family expenses, and we can live here, and we can uh, put a little bit away. But but much of what we need to do is is going to cost more per month than than what we're currently bringing in in terms of you know renting fields and things like that. So people can you know, can visit uh, globalbaseball.org and they can visit cocoabaseball.org and, and uh, get through global baseball. That would be a huge blessing. Um, but then also uh, you know as we're looking towards the future with the school based project, as we're looking to do baseball camps and weekend weekend activities that we're going to probably have a need for more camps than we have people for. And so having groups of, of baseball coaches that want to come over or baseball players that want to come over and kind of get their first taste of, of coaching young people. And even if there aren't baseball people, they can come over and uh, they can support the, the operation of the camp because that's, uh, that's a huge and vital need, you know, for making sure that the kids have enough water that lunches are taken care of and things like that. So, you know, people can, if people are really interested in being a part and, and coming on trips over here to Kosovo and, and seeing the country and, and seeing how, how baseball is being used, then they can send an email to me, mjohnstone at globalbaseball.org, and, and we can start that conversation. Are there any specific prayer requests we can keep before the Lord on your behalf? Well, uh, language is obviously quite important, and we've, uh, you know, we've been able to pick up some of the basics, very, very, very basic. But we definitely, in order to, to have long-term impact and long-term effectiveness, we need to be able to speak the language fluently. So for, for the ability to, to stay focused on language learning, that would be, would be really helpful. And just using this time, kind of a calm before the storm where we, where we have things that we're working on, but we're not, you know, overwhelmed at the moment. Uh, we know that this is probably a, kind of a, a precursor to a time of, of you know, a lot of work to do. So to be able to get rest when we have opportunities and to um, store up the emotional and spiritual and physical storehouses, if you will, uh, so we can do the work in the coming year. Mike, I want to thank you once again for joining us on Beyond the Game and for keeping us updated with your ministry there in Kosovo and just praise the Lord for you and your family and all that you're doing there in Kosovo using the game of baseball to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Well, thank you for the continued support and willingness to hear the story and, and for keeping up with us. I appreciate it. That's Michael Johnstone, missionary to Kosovo, European Director for Global Baseball. You can find out more about the ministries he's involved in by going to globalbaseball.org or kosovobaseball.org. You can follow him on Twitter at gbaseballeurope, and you can email him at mjohnstone at globalbaseball.org. Not Johnson, John Stone. M. John Stone at globalbaseball.org. If you have any interest in perhaps one day going and taking a short-term trip to Kosovo and partnering with him in the mission field there. You're listening to Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. G&T Co-Ed Volleyball is registering for its 2016 season. G&T has both a rec division for those who enjoy the game but whose skill level may not be as advanced and also a power league division for more skilled players. 
tryouts are required for the Power League division. Games are played on Monday evenings at North Star Christian Academy in Gates. The season begins January 11th. Registration continues through mid-December or until the league is full, so act soon. There is a minimum age requirement of 16 or 14 if playing together with family members. G&T does encourage families to participate in its rec division. For more information or to register, visit gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info. You know, just getting our hip-hop on. Hip-hop Rick's in the building. That's what we do. At the end of every show, we go around the room. We give you our pests of the week. My pest this week is the Dubai Ladies Masters Tournament. Despite having absolutely no standing on the WPGA Tour, the Dubai Ladies Masters Tournament decided to invite former San Diego State golfer Paige Spiranak. It is clear. Very clear that her invite had nothing to do with golf. It had everything to do with the fact that she is smoking hot. And she is an Instagram star with over 500,000 followers. Smoking! However, she promptly missed the cut with rounds of 77 and 79, which put her near those, though. Yeah, it put her near the bottom and a score better than only three other players in the event. The Dubai Ladies Master. Oh, by the way, here's here's a quote. She says, please be nice to me. I know a 77 is not the best score, but I broke 80, and I know people were putting bets on it. They were saying I wasn't going to, so at least I got that going for me. (laughs) The Dubai Ladies Masters Tournament is my pest of the week. My pest of the week is anyone in the NFL that keeps trying to stop Cam Newton from giving the ball to a fan after the Panthers score. This is getting ridiculous. It's actually getting embarrassing that a referee and a ball boy, ball man, a middle-aged balding guy, tried to keep the ball away from Cam Newton so he couldn't give it to a fan. The NFL is there because of fans, and you guys are giving Cam Newton a hard time trying to give a good experience to fans after he scores. I bet you it wouldn't be an issue if someone like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers was doing it because it's Cam Newton, though. Everyone gives him a hard time. Stop it. This is getting ridiculous. You're my pest of the week. My pest of the week is defenseman Nicholas Dumoulin, who plays in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Before one of his games this past week, he parked his car but forgot to put it in park. As he was walking away, he noticed it rolling, got in front of the car to try to stop it, and promptly ran himself over with his own vehicle. (laughs) He turned out to be okay, but... He ran himself over with his own car. He's got to be pest of the week for that. So he didn't park his car. I guess not. Glad you were with us this week for Beyond the Game. Beyond the Game has been brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com, or you can give them a call, 585-426-5024. Tell them Benson sent you. Remember, if you're hearing noises up in the attic, you might have squirrels and critters and who knows what else trying to get in. So, Or might just be Darren. Might just be Darren. And Town and Country Pest Solutions can handle that. As always, thanks for listening to Beyond the Game. <laughs>